0: we thank you Lord for what you're doing in this place we pray God that you would move in a special way God help us to receive your word today I pray God that you would open up our hearts and our minds Lord to what you want to speak into us from your word I pray God that you would let us not just be hearers of your word but Lord let us apply your word to our life and let us uh, be doers of your word God and so that we can see the fruit from obedience to your word God and what you want to do in our lives and God we will give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. It's so good to have you here today. You may be seated. We have been, for the last several weeks, uh, we have been talking about The Masterpiece in Progress. We have been going through the book of Ephesians together and today we are going to do that as well and I just want to uh, let you know today will be this will be the last Sunday of our Masterpiece in Progress series and we're going to finish up the book of Ephesians. And uh, I hope that you have enjoyed it. Amen. Now you can say, man, I have studied a whole book of the Bible in detail uh, already, before, even before uh, we get to the middle, the, the middle of the year or the beginning of summer. And uh, I want to just challenge you, amen, to make meditating on the Word of God and applying it to your life every day. Make that part of your daily habit. Amen. 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 So if you have your Bibles, if you would, you can open them to the book of Ephesians. We're going to be staying in the book of Ephesians, mostly today. Uh, We will start today on chapter 6 and verse 10 of Ephesians. And uh, if you don't have your Bible, maybe pull it up on the app on your phone or your tablet and uh, look along with us. Chapter 6 and verse 10 of Ephesians. It says, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. We go uh, through this study we've been going mostly we've been going verse by verse, and uh, I'll kind of keep that same pattern today, so hopefully uh, you'll be able to follow along. But Ephesians six ten says finally, amen. Like at the very end, when when everything else has been said and done, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Amen. He's saying strengthen yourself in the Lord. How can you be strong in the Lord? How can you be strong in the power of His might? You can pray. Amen. Every time you pray, it helps you to get stronger, amen, in the Lord and in the power of His might. It doesn't matter what you go through. Finally, he says, be strong in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Pray, amen. Uh, Paul said, build up your, yourselves on your most holy faith. And how do we do that, amen, through prayer and through spending time in relationship and communion with God. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 and, and verse Number 11 says, put on the whole armor. Somebody say the whole armor. armor. Not just part of the armor, not just the parts that are convenient, but he says, put on the whole armor of God. Amen. That ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So he's talking here about the entire soldier's armoring, And and, and we know that there was some uh, military might that was going on. The Romans had uh, the strongest military at the time. And so a lot of times we compare the whole armor to the, the armor of the Roman soldier. And he was saying, don't leave any of the armor out. And he goes on to explain what that is. But I want you to notice, he says, put on the whole armor that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles is, in. if we were to break that down, it means the methods or the schemes of the devil. He said you've got to suit up and put on the whole armor because if you don't put on the whole armor, you won't be able to identify, amen, and come against the methods and schemes that the enemy of your soul wants to use against you. So he's telling us how important this is. He says you've got to put on that armor so that you can stand against the those wiles, those methods, and those schemes, right. and he goes into verse twelve, saying, "For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places." If you go back and you you start to understand the methods and schemes, we look at uh, Ephesians four twenty seven, and what does Ephesians four twenty seven say? It says, "Neither give place to the devil." and so So if you want to just be real straightforward with it today, Paul was telling the church at Ephesus, he said, you've got to put on the whole armor of God or you're giving place to the devil. Right. If you don't put on the whole armor of God, you can't stand against the devil. Amen. Whenever things come your way and things that aren't right begin uh, to smack you in the face, you need to put on the whole armor because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Right. Right. Amen. He uses the term wrestle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Why, why is this so important? Because has anybody ever wrestled in here? Anybody wrestled? Man, that surprised me. Rebecca Allen's wrestling. <laughs> I did not know that. Anybody else wrestled in here? You wrestled a little bit? You know, when you're wrestling, it is up close and personal. I mean, at least if you're boxing, you're kind of, you know, you're jabbing. You're kind of keeping away and trying to move. When you're wrestling, you, it's hand to hand. I mean, you are right up in the thick of it. And, and, and so this is what he's talking about. He said, we don't wrestle. This, this is what he's comparing it to. It's a life and death struggle. You're either going to make it or you're not. You're either going to win this or you're not. Amen. And so He says we don't wrestle. It's not our fight. Amen. Against flesh and blood. That means my problem is not with you. Right. Right. My problem, my problem I, sometimes I think I got a problem with people, right? You ever go somewhere and somebody starts really like getting on your nerves? Anybody ever had that happen? Maybe you go to the store or you go to a restaurant or you, and you're like, what is their deal? What is their problem? Why are they acting like this toward me? And, and sometimes you've got to understand that our fight or our struggle is not with each other. Because we, we all have attitudes and personalities and, and, and that's fine. But the Scripture says that our real war, our real life and death struggle is not with people. Right. Right. Amen. It says it's against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Let me show, share with you what those are. First of all, principalities are the main leaders, Satan's main leaders the principalities, the main leaders that are driving forces, amen in Satan's uh, in his empire, and then you have powers, which are the powers that be, sometimes you're, you're like, you know what, the powers that be, that's what they chose, and then the rulers of the darkness of this world, that basically is talking about our world rulers and then it says again, spiritual wickedness in high places these are forces of spiritual darkness, and these can be anywhere, amen, you, sometimes you 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 bring them into your life with things that you watch and things that you listen to and places that you go, but the scripture says that our real struggle is not with each other, but it's with all of these forces of darkness, it's with these uh, spiritual wickedness in high places, these leaders, these powers that be, these world rulers, that's where our real struggle is. Now, it makes perfect sense why Paul said that we should pray for those in authority, Why? Because the things that they're choosing, the things that they're deciding, they have direct impact on us. Verse 13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Amen. Now, I just will just point this out to you. He's, He's telling us again to take the whole armor. You know, when something is repeated in Scripture, it means it's very important. So if He says, put on the armor, and then He says, take the whole armor, He's basically saying, don't miss this. I want you to get this. And He's saying that ye may be able to... we, We talked about standing against, but He says in this portion, He says that ye may be able to withstand... In the evil day, that means it's gonna only gonna get harder, folks. Amen. We're living in a day and age where it's only gonna get harder to live for God, and it's only gonna get harder to, to to please Jesus. And so He's saying you've got to take the whole armor, because when you take the whole armor, you will be able to withstand. That means you'll be able to oppose, or you'll be able to resist when the forces of evil are trying to come in on you, amen, and trying to help you make the wrong decisions and force you in to bad. Amen. The Scriptures tells us you will be able to withstand in the evil day. And then it says, in having done all to stand. If I could just maybe make this a little bit more simple. Having been brought to the ultimate conclusion, hold your ground. Don't give in. When you feel like giving up and you feel like What's what's this? What's it worth anyways? Man, I know I've just been pushing hard trying to serve God and trying to live for Him and make Him happy and I'm doing all this and it seems like every day the world just gets worse and the people I'm praying for, they get worse. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The things, the situations that I'm praying for, it just seems like they get more and more frustrating and the Scripture said, when you've done all that you can, you just stand. Amen? Every Everything is going to crumble around you and when you've done everything, you just... Just keep on standing. Amen. Amen. Don't give in. Don't give up. And so he says, verse 14, stand therefore. Man, he keeps telling us to stand. The Scripture talks a lot about how a righteous man, when he falls, and it talks about that righteous people can actually fall. You can stumble. You can find yourself flat on your back. But, but in this Scripture, Paul keeps reminding us that you can stand. Amen. And he says, when you've done everything you can stand, therefore, having, and he goes into the armor now, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and having your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, he says, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So if we can kind of break down the armor... Let's look, at, let's look at this again. So we have one well, skirted about with truth. So we have truth. Then we have the breastplate of righteousness. So we have righteousness. Feet child with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So we got peace. Uh, you can see that he's kind of referring back to Isaiah 52.7 here. Uh, You've got to have faith, taking the shield of faith. And then he says, uh, you need the helmet of salvation. And you need the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So there are six things He says. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the Word. Now, I don't know if you are getting this. But never in this whole passage does it say that we are supposed to do the fighting. Never in this passage does it say you know, you keep this up and you'll be standing on the neck of your enemy. It doesn't say that. Because when we look at this, we aren't really earning the victory over the devil. All we're doing by standing, girded in our armor, ready to go, is we are calling his bluff. And basically what we're saying is, hey buddy, the victory's already been won. You can bring at me whatever you want to bring at me, but I'm still going to be standing here when it's all over with. Why? Because Jesus has already won the victory. Amen. I don't have to look this way and I don't have to look that way. If I'm standing and I'm faithful... I am going to win in the end. Amen. I may have chinks in my armor. Amen. There there may be rips on my garment. There may be things that are are being thrown at me and and, and just uh, flung at me from every direction. But if I'm standing, amen, in the end I win. If I'm standing and I'm faithful to Him, I don't have to win the victory. He's already won the victory. I'm going to stand in His victory. Amen. And then he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Amen. It's important for us when you have been filled with the Spirit of God and God has filled you with his Spirit. Guess what? The very initial evidence of that is that you will speak in a language that you've never learned before. You'll speak, we say, speaking in tongues. When you speak in tongues, you speak in a heavenly language. And that is the very first time that you are doing that. You are receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Normally, it comes after you have repented of your sins and been baptized in Jesus' name. But I've seen some people just come in and be like, God, I'm sorry, and... I love you. And boom, they start speaking in tongues. It's just an awesome experience. And and that's awesome. But when when Paul says we need to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, he's saying you can go back to that. (laughs) You don't have to just speak in tongues one time. And sometimes the devil convinces us, well, you know, you don't have to speak in tongues. You don't don't really do that. Paul says pray always. Pray always in the Spirit. Now, uh, you may... Uh, think that this is, you know, not uh, very easy to understand. I look at it and I say, this is very simple because he says, pray with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And so Paul talks about praying in the Spirit and being in the Spirit. And he uh, says a couple times, he says, look, I speak in tongues more than you all. It was a thing that uh, Paul looked at as his prayer time and his prayer language with God. Amen. But it started whenever Paul was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, just like it starts for you and I. Amen. Somebody said to me one time, and I'm gonna break away from this for just a second, but Paul somebody said to me one time I said, I don't know if I had the Holy Ghost. And I said, Well, have you ever spoken tongues? Oh yeah, I speak in tongues every time I pray. Yeah. And I said, Well then you had the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And they said, How do you know? I said, because you got the same evidence that I did and that they had in the book of Acts. The first time that you speak in tongues, the first time that God fills you with His Spirit, you will speak in a language that you never learned. We know that because we see that all through the book of Acts. When people are receiving God's Spirit for the first time, they're speaking in a language that they didn't learn. That's right. Amen. And uh, so this is a powerful thing. It's not supposed to be confusing, but Paul says, don't get away from that. Go back to that. Amen. Whenever you're struggling, whenever things are are, are crumbling around you and you feel like the whole world is after you, He said, go back to praying in the Spirit. Amen. Get back to speaking in tongues and and that prayer communication between you and God. I tell people like this. I say, look, uh, I know some denominations call it their private prayer language. I say, I don't call it my private prayer language, but it is my prayer language because whenever I'm praying, amen, and I'm speaking in tongues, the Scripture says that the Spirit knows and is making intercession. So as I'm praying in tongues, Amen, God knows what I'm saying and there are things that are coming out of my heart and I'm praying them to Him. And He knows and He understands, Amen, but the devil can't make it out because it's in a heavenly language. It's not Amen, in English. It's not in a known language. It's in a language, Amen, that I can pray just between me and God. Amen, and I can have that time. And the Scripture says, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That means we're supposed to pray for each other. That means we're supposed to be there for each other. This is a church where love is the answer. Amen. We're supposed to look out for each other. And sometimes it's with perseverance. You know why? Because you all push my buttons. And I push your buttons. So sometimes you have to persevere with me. And I have to persevere with you. You're supposed to do this. It's part of what the Scripture says. We have to make sure that we are uh, setting our minds. God, you're going to do something. God, you're going to move. God, would you help this person? God, would you touch that person? Strengthen that family God. And Paul says it like this, he says, And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly, to make known the mystery of God, or of the gospel. And I don't know about you, but when Paul says that he needs to have God give him strength to open his mouth boldly, like Paul's like one of the boldest people in the Bible, right? And you're like, man, Paul even had to pray that God would give him the utterance. Paul had to pray that God would speak through him. So we never get to the place, I don't think we'll ever get to the place where we can say, God, I got this. Let me handle this. Amen. Every time I get up to speak, I'm like, God, I want you to speak through me today. Amen. I want you to help me speak boldly, speak truthfully. Amen. Relate with the people that you're having me speak to. And he said, I want to do this so that I can make known the mystery of the gospel we won't get into a lot of that because we talked about some of that uh last week and and, and how relationships kind of uh bring that about. We know that jesus christ uh was was crucified and he was buried and he rose again and the gospel is the good news amen the mystery of the gospel that he's talking about is the jews thought it was just for them and then god opened it up amen to the gentiles and to everyone besides jews as well and so they some of the jews had a struggle with it and and paul was the apostle to the gentiles are y'all with me am i losing you I didn't mean to go too deep, but Paul's the apostle to the Gentiles. And so Paul is basically saying, I want you to give me the boldness so that I can tell not just the Jews, but the Gentiles and everybody, amen, the good news that Jesus was buried and rose again, amen. And I want to be able to share this. And he says, for, I, which, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And but that ye may know my affairs, Amen, and how I do. Take a kiss, beloved brother, and faithful minister, and the Lord shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent to you for the same purpose that ye might know our affairs, that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with them, all of them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. To the Ephesians written from Rome by Tychicus. Now. I just want to go through this real quickly, okay? We we just went through the armor and we understand we gotta have the armor, we gotta pray for each other. Uh, I want to give you some keys to spiritual warfare victory. Okay? Keys to spiritual warfare victory. They're on your uh, your digital connection card, if you, I believe, right? Did we put them on there? We did not put them on there. So now you need a pen and paper or you need your note-taking device. Are you ready? So you are, uh, the, first thing, the first thing that you need for a, a key to spiritual warfare victory, the first thing you need is determination. Everybody say determination. Determination. Amen. Why do we need determination? Because without it, you quit coming to church. Without it, you'll quit praying. Because guess what? I'm going to offend you. Somebody's going to offend you. Somebody's going to hurt your feelings. Something is going to go wrong in your life. Amen. You're going to get up on Sunday and you're going to have a flat tire. There, there's just things that are going to happen. Amen. You're going to get up one day and you're going to be like, you know, I was going to fast today, but I'll wait till tomorrow. And then tomorrow will come and you'll be like, you know what? I think I'll fast Friday. You know? I, I don't need to fast today. I mean, God's no respecter of days, so, you know, it's no big deal, right? Because our flesh is constantly negotiating with us that's why you have to have determination you have to have a decision to fight to persevere and to win that's the only way you're going to win amen and uh, the second thing that you need we need determination the second thing you need is consecration you have to have determination but you have to have consecration what is consecration it's personal commitments a lot of times people say what do I have to do to make it to heaven that's the wrong question that's the you know I think that's a bad question. Why? Because if I'm only concerned with the bare minimum of what I have to do to make it to heaven, why would He want to spend eternity with me anyways? Right. Wouldn't it be better if I, said, if, if I asked this question, what do I need to do to please Jesus? Right. How can I make Him more happy with my life? Right. How, how can my, my life and my lifestyle please Him more? Because that's really the more important question. I need to have consecration. I am committed to Him. I mean, can you imagine if right before our wedding day, uh, you know, I had already asked Mike for Kathy's hand in marriage and uh, I come to Kathy and I said, okay, now, what's the bare minimum that I need to do in order for us to stay married? Mm -hmm. How, How would that go? That wouldn't go well at all, would it? Why? Because that's a lack of commitment. And so consecration is needed in our, in our walk with God for, to be able to win uh, spiritual warfare. Why? Because we have to have personal commitments. You know, some people say, well, my church believes this and my church believes that. But, but what do you believe? What has God spoken to you? Amen. What personal commitments have you made to God? There are some people that they've made personal commitments. And, 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 and I'll grant it, some people... Their, their personal commitment seems strange to me, right? You know, I had a guy tell me one time, he said, God spoke to me and told me to give up, you know, uh, in his case, it was golf. He said, God told me to give up playing golf. So I sold my clubs and I don't play golf anymore. I was like, well, okay. Had one guy, he said, you know, God told me to sell my boat. And, you know, now I, I, don't, I don't go fishing anymore. So that's just, you know, that's what I felt like I... You know... God didn't talk to me about a boat. God didn't talk to me about uh, you know, giving up golf. And 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 you know, to be honest with you, I can't tell you what when I've done either one of those in the last several years. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that it's a personal commitment of mine that I don't play golf or that I that's their personal commitment. That's between them and God. Now I'm not saying that you have to have that personal commitment, but I do think that everyone should have a personal commitment. What is it between you and God? What, what consecration is there between you and God that you say, God, I'm going to leave these things out of my life because I want to please you. Right. Yeah. Now, if God deals with you, you know, he might deal with you about not drinking slushies. I don't know. Maybe that, that sounds like a weird one to me. But uh, maybe it's something uh, simple that is going on in your life and, and God speaks to you. That's a personal commitment. That's consecration. And if you ignore it and say, mm, no, that's just me. And what's going to happen is eventually you'll ignore all the things that He tells you to quit doing. Or all the things that He tells you to start doing. Why? Because it's simple obedience. Whenever He deals with us about things, okay, I'm going to make that commitment. That's between me and you, God. We're going to, I'm going to make this happen. Now this is important, especially in our way of living and our lifestyle. And this is why I say this is so important because if we don't have personal commitments, then we get hung up on church commitments or church consecrations. And so then what happens, and when we get mad at the church or we get mad at the pastor or whoever's the leadership of the church, we get mad at them, guess what? Those commitments go out the door. Mm -hmm. But if that's a commitment between you and God, well, then that's between you and God. Amen? Number three, prayer. This includes praying in the Spirit, And intercessory travail. We cannot win spiritually if we're not praying. If we, you know, it's kind of like one of those things, you know, we we just, you cannot win in spiritual warfare if you are not praying. We've got to pray. That's why Paul said, praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And he gives us reasons why we should pray and that we should pray for each other. Number four is fasting. Fasting is representative of self-discipline. And sometimes you know we think, oh, well, we don't need to fast. We do need to fast. We do. Why? Because fasting is the quickest way to get your flesh's attention. To let your flesh know you are not in control. Amen. This is easier said than done because whatever day you decide to fast, that's going to be the day somebody brings donuts. Whatever day you decide, you know this is the day I'm going to fast, that'll be the day somebody, hey, can I take you out to lunch today? Mark my word. It's going to happen almost every time. Amen. You know, and I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm a little ashamed of it, but I'm going to just tell you, I sneak a fast now. Like, I don't tell nobody I'm fasting. You know, I don't even tell my wife I'm fasting. I'm just like, you know, she, she'll just be like, did you eat anything today? i like, that's none of your business. And she's like, I want you to eat something. I said, well, you know, I will. When it's time, I'll eat something. But she's always making sure that I'm eating right, you know, right? So, like I have a problem with that. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, if you tell you know, if you publish it out, hey I'm gonna fast guess what's gonna happen? It's every time. Every time. Why? Because your flesh doesn't want you to fast. Your flesh is like, I need that food or that caffeine or those sweets or whatever it is that you decided to fast. How about this? Try fasting negative speaking. See if you can go a whole week without saying anything negative. It's harder than you think. I mean, I can go a couple hours. You know, much past that, I'm like, oh, this is not going well. Fasting is representative of spiritual discipline. We cannot win spiritually if we're not fasting. So determination, consecration, prayer, fasting. Another thing that we need, Ephesians four, one through three. What do we read about there? Let me flip back a couple pages. What does Ephesians four one through three say? Uh, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. What's key in spiritual warfare is unity. You know, when a group of people come together, they can accomplish great things. And spiritually, when we come together and we say, hey, we are together. God is going to help us. God is going to save. God is going to deliver. Amen. When we come together and we are unified, we can have revival. Amen. We can see things happen. When we come together and pray, prayers are answered. I'm, just, I'm not trying to hype you up. I'm just telling you, unity is necessary if we're going to win spiritually. Amen. And the last thing that we have to have is we have to have faith. Don't lose the faith. Amen don't lose the faith whenever things get uh, tough and it seems like everything looks negative and everything looks bad don't lose the faith it's not going to get any better if you get negative it's not going to get any better if you throw in the towel amen sometimes uh, you just got to keep on swimming amen sometimes you just got to keep on swimming right the two frogs you know fell into a deep cream bowl one was an optimistic soul yeah, You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Mm-hmm. Amen. Sometimes you just have to keep on swimming. Right. Why? Because if you don't keep on going, you don't keep the faith, then you will miss out on some of the greatest things that God has intended for you. Amen? Would you stand with me? I wonder if today as we close, I wonder if you would just ask God to empower you to do spiritual warfare and that He would help you. Amen. If there's things that you've been struggling with, things that you've been dealing with, and and really, the pressure is on to to give up. Right? Pressure is on to quit, to throw in the towel. Just take it easy, you know. But here's what we got to do. we got to say, God, I need You. Amen. I need You. I can't make it without You. And the Scripture says... When you've done all that you can to stand. So this is what I want you to pray today as we close. I want you to pray this. God help me to stand. Even when everything else is telling me to sit down. To God, help me to stand when everything else is not feels like it's just knocking me to the ground. Amen. I want to just open up this altar. We can open up this whole building wherever is comfortable for you. I want you just to spend some time, amen, asking God to help you to stand, amen, even when things are difficult, and He will help you.